Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, this is Justin on Inverse, and we're glad that you're here with us, and you're listening with us, or watching with us, and that the fact that you and we are together, that's what is most important. Uh, in the studio, we have Siku on my left and your right. Hey, Siku. Hi. This is your first time. Is it your first time on the side of the, of the round table? I've been the side You've once been before. Here before. Once okay. before. Once before. This is your second time. Yep. In our six, seven years. Okay. That's, that's. And on my right, we have Israel and Jonathan. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, we want to say hey to all of you out there. And if you haven't been following, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download our Bible study guides. We are looking at the topic of Adventist heritage. Adventist heritage. And you can also catch up to where we are in this uh, topical arc by going to hopetv.org slash inverse. Hopetv.org slash inverse. And you can look at all the other topics that we've been talking about. In Adventist heritage, we're touching on the sanctuary, on Revelation 14, on the what, state Sabbath. of the dead, Sabbath, um, stewardship. We always come back to stewardship for some reason. <laughs> um, and so you can look at some of these things and, and cross-reference and, and, and get into a deeper study there. We are looking at uh, the topic of the Sabbath. So Jonathan, if you can pray for us, we'll jump into mm -hmm. our Bible text for today. Sure, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to dive into your word again. We pray that your spirit will illuminate our minds, guide us, help us understand uh, maybe some new truth, some, something new that we haven't seen before, a different mm. angle. And I pray this not only for us, but for everyone watching and listening and studying with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, our denominational name is Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, seventh day points to Sabbath, where God created and in the beginning, and then Adventist points to Jesus' second advent and towards the end. So the beginning and the end, and then we're like squished in the middle there. Um, and we've talked about, what did we talk about last week? We talked about um, sanctuary. the sanctuary. We talked about Jesus' second coming. Mm -hmm. In a certain sense, isn't Sabbath kind of just kind of random? You know, like Jesus is coming. Hey, Jesus is doing something in heaven. These two things are related. And by the way, we got to go to church on Saturday. Like, seems a little bit disconnected. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the connection? Why is the Sabbath? Is, is the Sabbath all that important? Of course. <laughs> I mean, first, it's important because God told us to keep Sabbath and okay. he instituted the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. um, but in the context of of our history as mm -hmm. Seventh-day Adventists, yes. <laughs> which yes. is, I think, where you were yes. going with it. Yes, there you go. Um, as, so far, we've come to the place where, you know, they had this disappointment and they discovered that the key was their understanding of what the sanctuary was. They mm -hmm. thought it was the earth. Mm -hmm. But when in Daniel 8.14 talked about the sanctuary being cleansed, it was talking about a sanctuary in heaven. Mm -hmm. And as they started studying the sanctuary, they discovered all these truths about the sanctuary, what would it, its services and what was happening. And they discovered, you know, like in the organization of the sanctuary that there was the most holy place, mm -hmm. which served as, you know, God's throne room. Mm -hmm. um, and in the most holy place in the earthly sanctuary, you had the Ark of the Covenant and then you had the law of God inside the Ark of the Covenant. 
And in the law of God, part of the law of God is the seventh-day Sabbath, mm. is keeping the Sabbath, mm. which is a crucial part of the Ten Commandments because it, the first part of the commandments kind of talks to, about our fidelity to God, and the second part talks about our relationship with fellow humanity. Mm-hmm. But in the fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment, you have kind of like the merging of these elements. It brings mm. together our relationship with God, our relationship with humanity, our faithfulness to God results in a certain relationship we have with humanity. It's kind of like this kind of crux, you know, in the commandments. Uh, so in, in the development of our identity as Seventh-day Adventists was this realization uh, in discovering the Sabbath truth was that if we, re- if we neglect, if we reject this truth, it has implications for whether we are accepting God's law altogether, mm-hmm. right? And if we reject God's law, then what does that say about the truth about the sanctuary, about the the most holy place mm-hmm. and the sanctuary that it's that it's the in? I mean, it's because all of the truth is interconnected, and so it's not a random, you know, bloop out of the blue, you know, mm-hmm. like let's just keep Sabbath, but it's 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 woven together into the fabric yeah, of seeing our. Seeing that connection is really a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often su- do do study them as isolates mm-hmm. and like, all right, lesson one, this, lesson two, this. All right, you, you believe it? All right, check, 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 check. But seeing the Adventist, the history of the development, it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a certain beauty of the idea. If, if you're into, I mean, Sikwe and I are abstract thinkers. I don't know if you guys are, but. I'm very practical. <laughs> yeah. I'm more abstract. You're more, more, oh, yeah, you're abstract. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain beauty in that. I think what's while you were talking, I was thinking of is also um, in Adventism. Like, I love the fact that there is, um, what do I want to say? Let me get my thoughts together. Israel, <laughs> we'll go to you. Let me get my thoughts together. So I have nothing to say. <laughs> so I, I think I think what Siegel was saying was just the beginning of what what brought together you know you have splintered groups of people all over the place all of a sudden people start discovering the sabbath seventh day baptist already existed it's not like the seventh day adventist church was the first to understand the seventh day sabbath uh eventually this writing these the writing the printed page gets to joseph bates who reads mm. this who kind of then uh becomes a forerunner in the adventist church for teaching the seventh day sabbath mm-hmm. but i think that's the beginning of the history i think then as as you were saying earlier siku when this discovery was kind of made for the first time, you you can't help but see it throughout all of Scripture. You know, you mm-hmm. see it in the beginning with creation. You see it as God's covenant in the Old Testament with his people. It's a sign that mm-hmm. they are his chosen people. Then you see the major role that it plays in Earth's history at the end of time as a testing truth for whether or not we believe in God as our creator, as our sustainer, as our redeemer, and so forth. And so it became central to the church because of its connectedness, connectedness between a connection between God and his people mm. through a covenant throughout all of Scripture and throughout, you know, eternity past and mm. eternity future. And so it becomes central to uh, the the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? I kind of kind of backtracking to what you guys saying earlier. Uh, what I appreciate about the development of uh, of our of our fundamental beliefs as Seventh Day Adventists is, which of the Sabbath, of course, is you know one of the big ones. Um, <clears throat> they're all important. But what I like about it is the fact that you know 
the, these individuals, these young people, they came out of the great disappointment. What, what went wrong? The prophecies made so much sense. They figured it out. It was a sanctuary. It had to do with the judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it didn't stop there. Mm. Uh, as they continued studying the Bible, as they were, God led them into a deeper Bible study. Mm-hmm. And as they were studying, he taught them surrender to the word. He's taught them, hey, this is truth that has been forgotten or misunderstood or mm-hmm. misplaced. Um, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And he, he restored truth one thing after, the time, yeah. after another. We're going to talk about other things right. throughout the, last, in the next couple of weeks. But the Sabbath was one of those things right. that was restored in its, in its true beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that's really powerful mm-hmm. and is directly connected to really this being mm-hmm. an end-time movement, mm-hmm. a prophetically established movement by God. God had his pen in all of this. It was not just a random pop-up group of people, oh, let's have a Bible yeah, study and yeah, let's do yeah. this. God led them. Um, into more and more truth. And the Sabbath, as we have seen, is one of the core uh, essentials. That's why it's in our name. <laughs> Jonathan, well said, man. That you, What you said is, is what's sparking what, what I was what, 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 what originally going to say. So uh, just going back to Daniel 8, yeah. you see Antichrist pops up. Antichrist is attacking, you know, on a horizontal level. And all of a sudden it goes vertical. Mm-hmm. And it says it, ca- it goes up and brings the sanctuary down, right? Mm-hmm. It casts it down. Now, does he literally... Go up there and take the heavenly sanctuary, bring it down. No, but he's he's undoing the understanding of a heavenly sanctuary. He casts truth down, and this causes Daniel to freak out. We're like, this is heaven is being attacked. Yeah. What in the world? And Lord, when is it going to be restored? And then the sanctuary, uh, the prophecy is well for two thousand three hundred days, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, what? And then he 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 zonks out. So then here we are at the end of that. And it's, it's at, in 1844 where the restoration of all those truths, the heavenly sanctuary, the God's law, mm-hmm. uh, the great controversy meta-narrative is to, is to be now restored. I mean, I love that, restored. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. so for young people to come to the Bible, it's not like let's, let's see how intelligent we are and, and see what we can come up with. Mm-hmm. It's these things have been lost, mm-hmm. and now we're fulfilling the prophetic mm-hmm. history to uncover it, mm-hmm. right? And now – the sanctuary, no one's been talking about the heavenly sanctuary for 2,300 years. Mm-hmm. Now we get to talk about it. And then when you look into the most holy place, like there's the, the Ark of, there's the Ten Commandments. And of the, of the one of them that's not kept as, as prom- prominently mm-hmm. uh, is the fourth commandment, is, is the same. I mean, that's, this is the context that we're coming from. And then that's just, there's just a lot of excitement mm-hmm. there. And we've, I think, am I, am I too bold and arrogant to say, have we lost that excitement today? Mm. I think we. I think the answer to your question that you want to hear is. <laughs> or yes, no, no, yes, we're so not. I, no, I, you we, know, I think we have. We are excited today as, as we were. Yeah. I, think, I think we have lost it when we're not discovering it for ourselves. The excitement was that they were coming to Scripture and they were learning these things, right? I think that we've stopped coming to Scripture to learn these things and to be taught of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because the truths that they were discovering, there is more truth in the Bible, you know? But we've, we're even losing a grasp on the things that, that were we, already were established. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah right, yeah, yep. that were already yep. established. And so there can be no excitement about things that we don't even mm-hmm. know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, I'd say even, even, let's say, you know, you grew up in the church and you're hearing this stuff over and over again. Mm-hmm. But... Come, the excitement really comes from God for me is when I'm reading something in the Bible and the Holy Spirit like reveals something to me. When mm-hmm. we when we have Bible study here, mm-hmm. and I was telling a friend one time, I'm like, you know, we actually like legit study the Bible mm-hmm. on set, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes we'll be studying something and 
like for all of it's like light bulb it's like the holy spirit is legit teaching us as we're mm-hmm. reading and that's that is where the excitement comes from it's not a fabricated oh mm-hmm. let's just be happy you know mm-hmm. it's like it's that's a right. legit experience with god yeah and to your question yes we're losing the excitement because less we're losing the experience mm-hmm. you know and i don't think we ought to go chasing excitement we ought to go chasing the experience with god in his word mm-hmm. and that becomes the result you know mm-hmm. is an ex- mm-hmm. an exciting christian experience mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the i think we've lost we've lost it in the sense that not not that we have forgotten about it, then we need a new revelation because mm. uh, you know i mean i go to church on sabbath every week pretty much right but I think we've lost it in the sense that the Israelites lost it. Mm. It's mm-hmm. become it's become like mundane. It's become something that uh, we we do as a fake fast. You know, it's just like uh, we we do it. the The purpose of the Sabbath is to reveal to us our dependence on God to make mm. us more like mm-hmm. Him. But it's that work. As soon as that work stops in in my life, as soon as the Sabbath ceases to do that for yeah. me then i have forgotten that, the significance mm, for, of for, i have the same experience for me it's a shift of focus so when i focus more on the externals or on the elements that make up the sabbath experience okay i gotta get ready for church i gotta make sure i'm you know i shaved i gotta make sure i got the kids ready we gotta be there on time we gotta go do all this i think of all these external elements and i miss out on what's actually you know you i look at the structure but i don't look at the the flesh you know the the the, the, the meat of it mm-hmm. um so it, it requires an intentional shift of focus. Yes, you still have to do the structural things. You know, you still have to get on there on time and have the kids and all these things. But at the end of the day, do I make a decision? I will be blessed today. Mm-hmm. Um, not manifesting it myself, but like I'm willing to let the Holy Spirit speak right. to me. No matter who preaches, no matter what we're going to do there, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be willing to let the Holy Spirit speak to <laughs> me. Is it, is it merely just a matter of intentional focus? Yeah, and shaving I mean, on Friday too. <laughs> Those two things. <laughs> I mean, does that matter? Just the intention. I mean, we just lost our intention. Like we're just so busy that we just go through it. Is that what it is? I and mean, maybe not only, but I'm saying from my perspective, like. The, the Sabbath where I don't yeah. feel very blessed yeah. is when I just, just focus on those it. external the mm-hmm. rituals and like, oh, okay, what's even the point of, of going if I'm not, you know, being blessed? And it's usually my problem because mm-hmm. I don't choose to be blessed. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah. When, when we focus on ourselves, because yeah. the whole point of the Sabbath was a time for us to be free from ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Right. But but we've made it and, and all of us do, you know, we've made it we've made it all about ourselves. Yeah. You know, I was joking with Jonathan, but yeah, me too. It's like, you know, I've I you have shave on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shave on Friday. I don't shave at all. It's like people are just trying to get me to shave, right? Uh, but but um you know that whole the whole process of turning it all Mm, in towards I need exactly. to rest yeah. because I need to rest kids you need to go out there so I can sleep yeah. and then I can't go on outreach to share the gospel with someone because I work for the Lord all week long and yeah. and everything becomes so mm. inward focused that we've lost sight modern Israel has lost sight just like the ancient Israel <laughs> of, okay. of, and the of, individual, of, <laughs> individual yeah. Yeah, I'm modern now modern individual oh I get you. I yeah. get that yeah. was that was interesting yes let's go to the Bible <laughs> let's go to the Bible let's go to Isaiah 58 you guys are all revolving around Isaiah 58 so I appreciate that go to Isaiah 58 verse we'll read from verse 13 and 14 but then we'll also backtrack to some parts of the rest of the chapter really important chapter uh, we need to um, uh, understand what the prophet is saying here. But before we do, let's have a word of prayer. And uh, Jonathan, can you pray for us? Sure, I'll pray again. We, we no didn't problem. pray before. We did. We, we did. did we pray? You know what? Let's pray again. Let's pray again. Yes. Let's pray. It's been a while since <laughs> we've we talked a lot. We have. Now we're going to the verse. Let's pray again. <laughs> 
Jesus, thank you that we can share our thoughts, but we want you to share uh, to yeah share your thoughts and shape our thoughts. And so we pray again that your spirit will help us to understand uh, what we're going to read now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Jonathan. I'll read from Isaiah 58, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says, and this is the New King James that I'm reading from. I think it's the New King James. Uh, verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, <laughs> Then you will delight yourself in the Lord. I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Mm. Uh, how many of you have read this verse before? It's a very fami familiar verse to, to a lot of Adventists. I remember being quoted this verse when I was little and saying, hey, you can't talk on Sabbath. You can't have fun on Sabbath. You can't do anything on Sabbath. You just have to be miserable the whole day. And that's that's how you'll be delightful. Uh, that's how you experience delight, by not doing anything. Uh, nothing can be farther from the truth. Uh, what is an appropriate understanding of these two verses and that tie into our discussion today, Israel? First of all, like this is what God is doing at the end uh, of this chapter. He is responding to a problem that is being brought up to him. Mm. And the problem is found in verse 2. It mm. says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. And they're saying, Why have we fasted? And you have not seen why have we afflicted our souls and you have noticed you have not noticed um, and it says in fact in the day of your fast you find pleasure mm. and exploit all your labor so essentially what is taking place is there's a group of people they're saying hey God how come we're fasting but you're not noticing us how come we're approaching you and you're not uh, responding to us and God's response is actually the problem that you have as a people is that you actually enjoy fasting for the experience itself. It's mm. like an act. You the love religiosity yeah. of the actual right. external. Yeah. And so he says, that's why you call and I don't answer, because why would I answer when you're answering yourselves, right? Mm. And so what mm. God is saying is like what needs to happen is there needs to be a shift in how you approach the Sabbath. There needs to be a shift in how you approach what he's calling here as fasting, once you shift and you do these things for the right reasons, then you will have the response that you're looking for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I love in verse 13, I mean, he's saying, don't do your own pleasure. Don't do your own pleasure. Uh, we often take that out of context. Mm. And we just think, hey, any pleasure that I experience on Sabbath must be bad. Mm. Uh, and, and so people take that in terms of like if you're laughing too much or if you're, if you're you know, eating something that you like or maybe even of a, you know, male, female, adult, extracurricular physical activity at, <laughs> that happens usually at nighttime, you know, like, hey, that shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. um, these texts are not talking about that kind of pleasure. Uh, in the context of what Israel you just you just read, mm -hmm. uh, you find in verse two they delight to know my ways. In verse two in the middle it says they take delight. Verse three, uh, the day of your fast you find pleasure. And, and then in verse uh, I think that's it. Um, they there is a form of pleasure that is human centric, that mm -hmm. is religion based, that is institutional religion, just going through the motions for the sake of it, and they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and from that context, we read from verse 13 once again, turn your foot away from the Sabbath from doing your own religious pleasure on mm -hmm. my day. And, and just to go with um, when we get to verse 13, if you turn your foot from the Sabbath, um, 
I think we've got to backtrack to verse six. Yeah, verse right? six. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, you've, for you've, sure. Yeah, you've been having the question, you know, like. So the question is how how should we what keep is the, the pleasure? Sabbath? Yes. Right. What is the pleasure of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so and he it. starts off with, "Is this not the fast that I have chosen to mm-hmm. loose the bonds of wickedness?" And he goes into um, the way that the, what God delights in is that we serve our fellow humanity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful when we think about the actual fourth commandment. The fourth commandment talks about our duty to God and our duty to our fellow humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we observe Sabbath is how we relate to God and how we relate to the humans and, and the creation, you mm-hmm. know, that he has put on this earth. Mm-hmm. And in this way, he's talking about the, the fast that he desires, which is kind of an apex of, you know, a, a, a pericope, so to speak, of chapters from 57 mm-hmm. to 59. Kind of the apex of it is the Sabbath observance. Mm. But encapsulated in that is the way that you your religiosity, I guess, ought to manifest mm. is in the way that you relate to your fellow humanity. There's no way you can say, I keep the Sabbath holy, mm. and you treat your your fellow human poorly, mm-hmm. right? There's no way you can say that, you know, I'm a good, you know, uh, follower of everything that God has told me to do. Mm. And it, there may not be, a, you know, an exact prescription for what exactly you ought to do in this specific situation with respect to this particular human being. <laughs> However, a Sabbath observance that is internalized, mm-hmm. right? An experience with God that is internalized, a, a, a relationship with him that is manifested in keeping Sabbath mm-hmm. will result in treating other people in a p- specific kind of way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's he's talking about in the preceding verses. And, and, and it goes back to understanding that the Sabbath is not just about um, resting. The commandment says, you know, you, you rest from, from your daily activities. But this is not just a physical rest. It's a spiritual rest. It has to do with our redemption. Later on, you know, God says, you know, you keep Sabbath holy because I have redeemed you, because I'm your Savior. So salvation, our, our, our experience of having rest from sin in Jesus, uh, our experience of being freed from the shackles of, of, you know, Satan and sin, that's all part of Sabbath, mm. uh, what Sabbath celebrates, mm. really. And so what Isaiah 58 is saying here, our our spiritual freedom and redemption needs to uh, flow through us into into loosing the bonds of others. It has a physical impact. It starts with that, um, the physical impact, the, the helping people um, first physically and then also spiritually, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the Sabbath is 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 much more profound than just like okay, I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's actually read those verses. Sure. Yeah? Uh, Siku, you were starting yep. off in verse six, but mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's read through that mm-hmm. first section there. Okay. Yeah. Is this verse six? Is mm-hmm. this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house, bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Mm. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Well, I'll stop there. It's very interesting that they, that's, that's when he answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've been, they've, been, they've been calling out to God's name. He's like, he's not answering. Why aren't you answering? He's like, well, if you fast this way and you do all these things that, that you just read, then I will answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep going there. It says, and there's another if section. Mm-hmm. That's why. If 
you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking and mm. speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. Wow. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and, you, and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden mm. and like the spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Mm -hmm. So here God is answering, and he's restoring only when they keep the Sabbath in, in that, that, mm -hmm. that right way, not just in terms of the forms, uh, mm, but in yeah. terms of the hearts there. When you think yeah. about, when you think about uh, the Sabbath, when it's given to us in creation, it's given to us as a rest day, a day of rest, even though God did not need to rest. When it's reintroduced again in, uh, in, later on in Scripture, I forgot if it's Leviticus Deuteronomy, or Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 5. Um, and and um, it's in the context of slavery. Mm. When you go now to Isaiah uh, chapter 58, I think it addresses it once again within the context of slavery. The greatest uh, slave master is myself, right? It says, "Take away the yoke from your midst." Yeah, yeah. the yeah, the chain, the bonds of yeah, mm -hmm. heavy burdens. Yep. And so the issue is that as a broken human being, and and this is kind of what's crazy is that we are our greatest slave masters. I mean, what is killing us from the inside out is our own selfishness mm -hmm. that we can't free ourselves from, and the Sabbath is God's prescription to help restore help heal help heal us from ourselves and so what he says here is in order for you to eliminate selfishness out of your life in order for you to find healing from the different kind of mental illnesses that you have and the different kinds of challenges that you have uh, in your in your own life addictions etc mm. is to focus on other people i'm not saying that all mental health issues are related to selfishness but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so he's saying what needs to happen is you need to figure out a way to get out of your own comfort zone and help other people mm. that are worse off than you are. And so he says, give your bread to the people that are hungry, to the people that are outcasts. Mm -hmm. And what that, how that speaks to me is that normally on Sabbath, I want to invite my friends over. I want to hang out with people that I like, people that are close to me. But here it says, go out and help other people who are less fortunate. Mm -hmm. And then I love what it says. Then in verse 8, then your light will break forth in mm. the morning and your healing will come like a spring. Mm. And so Sabbath heals us in that way by eliminating selfishness out of our lives. And that's what I think the intended purpose of it was mm -hmm. uh, in that it there's a scriptural uh, doctrinal understanding, right, that helps us. But there's also a character development that transforms us, re referencing mm -hmm. back to uh, Matthew 25. I, I love that this is how the early church pioneers, this is how they kept the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they. And then what's interesting is that they uh, called out the church uh, for not keeping the Sabbath in this way. Oh, this uh, that's not very articulate. That... that uh, how we selfishly keep the Sabbath today mm -hmm. is often is is how they how they, they the church back then also kept the Sabbath. So they're also rebuking them in the same way. Like the church mm -hmm. hasn't changed. It's basically what I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, the cool thing is that keeping the Sabbath always had a last day emphasis. Mm -hmm. So they see that Jesus hasn't come. They see the heavenly sanctuary. They see the most holy place. In the most places, the Ten Commandments. Of the Ten Commandments, there is the fourth uh, seventh day. Fourth day Sabbath, fourth commandment, seventh day Sabbath, mm -hmm. and then they see that the hey, this is 
keeping the Sabbath is linked to the seal of God. Mm-hmm. So this, what we're talking about now isn't just merely a, a social, like, hey, go out there and be nice. But it's like some people think the Seventh-day Adventists are like, if we just keep Sabbath and don't do nothing, don't do anything one day of the week, we're waiting for Jesus to come. Far from the, nothing could be farther from the truth. We got to be going out there on a Sabbath and revealing the heart of God, not only to ourselves and our churches, but to all of society. And you see the early church was involved in all these social causes and there were effectors of change in the world around them, not just waiting on a mountaintop for Jesus to come. May that be my heart, our heart, your heart. I know it's a beauty to myself. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you in studying Adventist history. God bless you. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, This is Inverse.